Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of Introspectives. In this very casual, uh, highly unedited episode, the three of us delve into our backstory and a bit about how we felt in the uh, past year. This is a intro that I've just added on just to give more context. I've had the two members of the Introspectives crew over for a Friendsgiving dinner and we were just chatting about our lives and introspectives. Uh, yeah, right after dinner. Alright, let's do this. So it's 9, 12 p.m. and we're at my house. And we just played a riveting game of Exploding Kittens. Glad you did. Where I <laughs> very easily beat Serena. Um, so we're going to chat about our first season, right? Yep. Yay. All right, so any thoughts? I think we did well, provided that this all started because Claire turned up to the office one day. And we're just <laughs> like... Talk. I did something like really impulsive and I was just like, oh god, what is this? And it's like a butter domain. And that just went over my head because I was just like, it's first thing in the morning, I don't know what that means. And then it was like, I bought a podcast. Let's start a podcast. And then before I knew it, I agreed to something I had no idea what I was doing and Wait, what were you us. expecting when I said I I did something impulsive? I don't know, but I just wasn't expecting you to say that you'd done something, like, impulsive. So I was like, what what could Claire do that's impulsive? Like, I just, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) So then when you said, like, podcast, I was just like, oh, good for you. And then it was like, yeah, you're going to record too. It was just like, I agreed to things that I really didn't know what I was agreeing to. And to say that I would be recording my voice for, like anybody in the world to listen to it's like oh okay yeah and that's true i think um what i realized is that um i spent a lot of time thinking like oh we need to do a lot of research and spend time and get ready before we do something but it's just better to just do it and then fine tune it later apologize later because um especially for this it's I think it's nearly impossible to escape white media, but it's really difficult to find media that's only people of color. So we just need to saturate the content as much as possible. So I think we did a really, really good job recording, finding people, recording content, but obviously it was a lot harder to get it to professional quality. But this isn't our full-time job. Like yeah. We have a lot on our plate. And then plate. We, we need to remember that when we initially started the podcast, it was like me and you, Claire, we were in the same office. Yeah. And Sarah, your building was like a short walk. We can't even say it's across the road because you don't have to cross the road. Like your building <laughs> is just like, we can see it from where we are. Yeah. So it was just easy for us yeah. to kind yeah. of slot come up with slots in our um, calendar and be like okay we can meet and we can do this now you're on the other side of the city i'm down the road like we really are across the road and across the city from each other so coordinating all of this is difficult i mean we've still done it and i feel like we can be really proud of ourselves that i mean when we all three went on doing different things we still managed to keep in touch and i mean of course 
it slows down processes but i think that's normal that's natural mm-hmm. and i think it's really I, and i really want to put that across to our listeners as well it's just life is always there and you have to get on with it and i'm okay with it. Okay. <laughs> so i just i just feel like it's it's just really important to just stay human and just acknowledge the fact that sometimes you mess up sometimes you miss a deadline sometimes things are happening not so nicely in your life sometimes you have to look after your health mm. and these things happen and you can't always just have this uptight and everything perfect and yeah. on screen and backstage everything's messed up but on on screen like everything is perfect but life isn't perfect and i think yeah. it helps that we keep it like real with each other and because we talk to each other pretty much yeah. I was like every day. There's a message left in the chat every day, and we we respond when we like when yeah. we're able to respond, or yeah. just voice notes that we pick up. But just kind of being open with each other, and it's like coming back from work, like guys, I just can't be asked to like draw today. <laughs> I will draw next week, or yeah. I'm I'm dying. Whether it's being hungover from mimosas or just having the <laughs> flu, but just just not having the expect like we have expectations that we want to get content out and we want to get yeah. things published on time but then we do realize that we're human and we can't always live up to those expectations and just not expecting too much from one another and understanding that everyone kind of works at different paces <coughs> oh my god and i'm okay. also sick as well yeah i think um it is self-care and what i mean what i want to emphasize is that this is um one cathartic for us just on the principle of you know how we are often invited to tables at meetings but we're not actually invited to speak like that metaphor really still sits with me so when i um meet with you guys or like other people of color i try to listen attentively and give a hundred percent of my time so i think we will make more of a conscious effort to feature other colleagues and people of color because it's rare that we are in a space like that's really sad to say honestly but it's rare that we're in a space together where people are just saying yes speak as freely as you want and we'll put your story that's extremely valuable on these platforms i know we're not like huge we're not big big even but still i think it's really important to showcase like these experiences so that i'm i'm just hoping that it's enjoyable for us and we can keep going with this. We can keep writing and keep doing collaborations. Um, I just want to also say, I know some friends seemed a bit confused. They said, wait, it's a podcast for um, people of women of color, minoritized voices. Why do you have white people? I mean, obviously like we've changed a lot these past few months i'm sure there are a few bits that we want to add into our episodes but the reality is like we need allies to do our work so i mean we're open but i i, I mean i think i don't know I, I think you guys will agree like we will make more of an effort to um feature women of color yeah more. definitely but i also feel like i feel like everyone can bring something even if it's like a little small thing something valuable to the table and i think sometimes there are voices regardless of color that are worth listening to and they can inspire you and make you think and sometimes they can be minoritized as well in that particular space Mm -hmm. that's why i think minoritized is a very 
good word to start with. It does not mean definitely what I'm saying doesn't mean that um, people of color are not um, their experiences are distinct to their white counterpart, which is which is definitely the case. Mm-hmm. But it's also interesting to just see. Okay, we had we had focused on the higher education context in the beginning. So, and of course we are more open to different contexts as well, because as we are progressing, we are learning more and we're going out there and trying to find different voices. So we're open to to look at other spaces, but it's also important to see this, those different voices around you and how they are interacting. So in that sense, I felt like this, season reflected that that we were trying to capture those voices around us and it's Mm -hmm. not just that though we have to coexist we can't just just segregate ourselves like oh we're just people of color we're just gonna have this platform it's just gonna be to us and we're tackling issues which do involve white people and it's like how can you have conversations when you're not inviting people to the conversation when the matter concerns us all it's like trying to sort out um like the environmental issues and it's like okay we're just gonna tackle all the companies that are dealing with recycling but we're not gonna speak to the people who have to recycle it's like you you can't solve one problem without bringing the two parts together yeah and it's important because we 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 do think like Generally, I mean, our experiences has been like this, that all matters around race are put on us as people of color. But we want to fight for the notion that race is a matter that is something that everyone has to look at. And when we include voices, we can also start that conversation sometimes that wouldn't actually happen. And I, I would, for example, give my example when I spoke to Rihanna in one of our episodes. And I think um, that empowered her as, an, as a very young individual, but it started a conversation between us. And she, for example, borrowed uh, Rennie Edo Lodge's book off me. She mm-hmm. read that. She And I think that's that kind of anti-racist work mm-hmm. that we want to do. That's that kind of message that we want to send. So in that sense, I feel like we can be really proud of this season. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say, like, it's a big learning curve. No, when I listened to the first episode, I was like, no, I want you to. Oh. Literally, I'm the kind of person that it's like, if I've got a lot going on in my life, I will mute everything around me and just keep plowing forwards and kind of dabble in and out of what I need to but I'll tell you like having the responsibility of the podcast it's really kind of made me grow up and get my act together (laughs) I want to say that I don't mean it as a joke I mean it is in when I come back from work as sometimes as much I'd like to like dive into bed which I do pretty much every single (laughs) night it's like I think okay I've got the podcast I've got responsibilities like and I do enjoy it I don't see it as a chore it's me kind of just taking control and thinking we've got something amazing that we're creating like it doesn't just happen overnight you can't force it you have to work on it and it takes time and when I say it's been a learning curve not just kind of how to actually produce a podcast but 
I would say you two are a lot more clued up on education than I am by far. Um, yeah, it's like it's some things just fly over my head, like when it comes <laughs> to education. But kind of working in education, being on this side of things, and having different conversations with the different people, and even when you two have been able to do more of the recording than I have, but I've listened back and just hearing different perspectives on education and looking at the whole system as a whole, it's just like wow, I have learned a lot to the point that when I'm supporting students with their um, UCAS applications and they're telling me the types of universities they're going to and they are students of colour then I know what kind of information to give them in terms of when you go into that environment this is what to expect but this is how you deal with that environment whereas if I hadn't worked in education if I hadn't been on this side of things with the podcast and been to the events and done the decolonising um, events then it's like I wouldn't I wouldn't feel confident giving that them mm. giving them that information mm-hmm. and it probably wouldn't be that information that I'm giving them because I wouldn't know that the higher education system is structured the way it is because I've never had to look at it like that and from my episode um you already know how my experience of higher education went it was kind of like survival it wasn't really enjoying higher education and I didn't realize the support that was on offer but the podcast and learning different things about things um it has given me more perspective and I know what I'm entitled to I know what students of colour are entitled to and I know what they're not getting so this has been like an amazing platform for us to kind of and be and I mean if, if you felt that way being a part of the podcast yeah. then we really hope that this might be a resource for someone else out mm. there and think like wow these mm. are also just regular people so <laughs> yeah. I feel empowered I can do something yeah. too so I think in that sense mm. we've created something that is valuable and I hope yeah for our listeners that's the same way yeah i mean i i just like to emphasize that obviously this is for us and it's all we do have another motive which is to raise awareness of like different experiences but i mean yeah it is a learning curve because we're finding someone who we can interview getting their consent then having the conversation then recording it then editing it although um, we don't have the right equipment or the space to get perfect quality chat, but that's fine. Um, hopefully it's fine with listeners as well. And then um, Sabrina sketches it and then we digitize the art and then we put it out there. Uh, it is a long process, but by doing that, um, I do get some comments from especially like friends abroad who are like, oh, I didn't know um, higher education or racism was like that in the UK and that's the other thing I think um I've said this before to you guys but I think a lot of our narratives on race and equality are very U.S. focused Mm -hmm. so I think it's really important to you know I I know we have a website and just like a few pages but just having the power to go to someone and say can you please share experiences that that is really inspiring for for me and hopefully for for our community um I thought though that we could also touch on um how we met each other because <laughs> I don't think we did I think that it is so weird because <laughs> higher education I think you guys will agree with me it's often the bane of our existence but it gave us it, it continues to give us so much at the same time right exactly um i i don't i, I resonate I with think, that yeah it's like just quickly before we talk about yeah. how we met it's like i was having this conversation with an academic about 
I know everyone was talking about decolonization and the university being an oppressive space, blah, blah, blah. But then I was like, I agree with that, and that is the case. But sometimes I felt like the university has been a place of refuge for me and a place of liberty mm. and of freedom, and I have found freedom in it. Mm. And I've met all these amazing people, and yeah. that's actually, for me, how my story started with you both. Mm. And I think with you, Claire, it was... We met some at some event where it was about higher education. Oh, uh, yeah, led by Sheriff. Yeah, and um, I think it was about, why is my curriculum white? Or no, or was it higher education perspectives or something? The um, It was the one where the MP was there and you asked about... About uh, European citizens, right? Yeah. And then, of course, you resonated with that because you 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 are a U.S. citizen. Yeah, and I asked, and so he seemed flustered about both of our questions. I know, I know. He felt seemed like extremely confused. That's a while ago now. Sabrina's making an expression. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, I came up to him and was like, let's get coffee and let's yeah. be friends. And I met Sabrina through you. How did... you were working together. Did we? Right? I well. think... This is how I met Claire. I had no choice. We worked together. She well, was there before me. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> no, let me okay. let me backtrack. The first time Sabrina waltzed into the office, she did not say how are you or anything of the sort. She does now. She's fantastic thought, now. Claire thought it was personal. It wasn't. I no, no, it was personally <laughs> bad habit. Do you know when it is? It's so awkward. Like, do you know when someone says like, do you know when you're walking past someone? It's never been where I've been in an environment and like everyone's stationary. So whenever anybody asks, how are you? It's like, you're walking away from me. You're no, you didn't ask me. any of us. How are you? <laughs> yeah, so like, I am just, yeah, I'm so terrible about asking people how they are. Well, well you, I, do, you do now. I did. You I, do now, I yeah. But I, I just I just kind of felt like, oh, she's too young, whatever, I'm over this. <laughs> and then, I don't even know how it was. I didn't, was you... Was it the guild? Was that how it started? Well, I I told oh, you about the guild, but was, I think it was the proposal. <laughs> no, 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 no. Actually, no, no. You um. Proposal. Hang. Okay. So actually, because you, I think um, you just started like talking to me, and then we 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 got to talking, and then you invited me to this this conference. Oh crap! That's really oh, and that then really is how it started. We connect. I think we connect because we're like, oh god, the office. Oh, like we were like eye rolling and stuff. And yeah. then since then I told you about like my proposal that <laughs> never went through, and then the podcast came, and then I think I invite did did I invite you to a is that how we all met? Did I? Yeah, we went to like a guild meeting. No, but Sarah wasn't at the guild meeting. I don't think I was. But I think I said I must have set up a recording thing, and then we all met, and then we went from there. No, I, I feel like there was one in the attic. Um, what attic? In the Which attic. Oh, oh, that's that's what I call like whatever Lindy and the room Lindy and Anderson <laughs> live like the, the guild offices. Yeah, I re- yeah, because I feel like I'm not gonna tell her that. I feel like, Highland here. I feel like you guys must have had a meeting set up already that was after hours. Oh, I, no, I remember I oh. met Sabrina for the first time yeah. without you. You know when you came in with Shanae? Yes, that was it. Yeah, I was there. Oh, I was there. No, you came. I set that up. You came later. Or you weren't. No, no, I set that up because Lindy Ann wanted to give Shane a job. Oh, yeah. I was there. 
Were you? We're you talking, were late, actually. We're talking actually. about how we met and we're, like, breaking the friendship as we're trying to, like, how we feel. <laughs> I think it's not that no, But no, just, wait. I met you first. Oh, because we changed. No, we are supposed to meet at Owen. And then Lindian was like, actually, I had the oh. space next to it. Can you come? And I, I forgot to update the calendar. <laughs> See, my, my memory is pretty bad. But the point is, it wasn't some, like, very particulars like i don't know it's just a weird kind of start actually yeah. but it turned out to be something so great i think yeah. what, what i what noticed I was like important. in our office particularly never need to do much detail um it's like once me and claire kind of found out that we we're interested in the same things and we're kind of going to these different events i realized that a lot of people were kind of confused at how we bonded so easily <laughs> and now because we spent a lot of time kind yeah. of like going to different events around the university mm. and i think when like stuff is happening with race and it's such a strong thing and we mm. both really care about it it's like that is a passion that will overrule kind of any working relationship yeah. just because i know how much of a struggle it is being a person of color in education whether you're going through the education system whether you're working in the education system or you're just exactly. in employment so wherever i go it, it's been a thing since i've um been in secondary school because i've always been the minority so any kind of space i'm in i look for the allies it's like who is like me yeah. who can who can i relate with who seasoning in their food who understands what it's like <laughs> to kind of experience all these different cultural mm. um things growing up and then being immersed in a different environment and it's like mm. how does your culture yeah fit into that environment when that environment doesn't promote your culture so like oh, it was so easy oh, God, it was yeah. so uh, yeah so it was so easy for us to kind of um get along and everything and i don't think people could understand that because all they saw was like the age difference and the way we work that we different people when we were yeah. but in terms of personalities and that's when i knew that no one kind of in our environment actually took the time to know us as individuals yeah. like they knew about us and that we told them things about us and they knew what we liked and what we disliked and things like that etc like just the basis of meeting people um but in terms of what we were like as people like where we come from like how things have impacted us they could not relate on that level and they didn't want to <laughs> yeah well i think sometimes with white colleagues it's it's like it's it's also complicated but it's like do you want to most often not or do you want to but you don't have the capacity to understand so i feel like at work i'm off or do you want to show that you want to but you but sometimes that it was shown in such a wrong way and i feel like the conversation only i felt like people in our like around us only wanted to know more because it was two of us that were that we're dealing with but i felt like if Claire was kind of raising this issue by us. I was like, well, why is it? Why is it about race? Like, what? Why are you doing yeah. this? Is probably and I the feel like how it's with me because I'm I feel like one. if it was me, um, just me on myself, it's probably they'll listen because I'm quite outspoken and I don't really, I don't really care. Like a lot of things in the office, I'd probably just chip in or just turn away. It's just one of those. Um, but they won't care. That's the they difference. won't. Yeah, they won't care. Yeah. Um, but because both of us were doing it. And because it was like we would have meetings that they wouldn't know about because it was to do with the guild and it was to do with like the the race um, yeah. equality charter and all of that, it was like because they weren't involved with it and it was the two of us. 
Claire had started a lot um, a lot earlier than me, and I was yeah. the last one to the team. So they've been in the this office the whole time with Claire, and it's like since I joined the office and started talking with Claire, and we had this relationship. It was just like. <gasps> You're friends with Claire? What's going on? It's just I like wouldn't say friend. I'm just kidding. She always does that to me. Just like, and it's just like when Claire's like, oh, I don't have made... a choice. Claire makes me. Claire but that probably me. made everyone really conscious. Oh, they did. And I felt, yeah. like, I felt like they hated it because it was just like, what are you two bonding over? But then it, when it was like, yeah, we're talking about things to do with race. It was just like... Well, I think there is an age thing, though. Yeah. If, if, if they were older, it might have been different. But also, I, I've noticed that I... Per, quote unquote perform at work so obviously like I have different personalities compared to work and home yeah. but I did notice like throughout all my work situations I'm not going to bring up race un- unless you're explicitly racist do you know why because it's uh, personally at this point in my life it's self care but if I bring it up I know you're going to be uncomfortable and god forbid I make you uncomfortable because then it suddenly becomes my issue so we don't have the luxury exactly. to do that exactly. <laughs> what about you sir yeah, how do you feel Oh, in my office, it's, uh, I'm, I think because I'm, it's pretty hard to even come to that point that you actually mention it. And sometimes you just don't have the capacity. You just feel like you have to keep adapting and keeping quiet and keeping quiet and just, just listening to all the microaggressions happening around you, not even listening, they're, they're happening with you. And if you even have that second person and I think I had that person for, mm. a, for a certain yeah. amount of time but he, he's gone now yeah. so um, that can be a violent space it's yeah. very violent it makes yeah. you really upset my partner he always says to me you shouldn't really like upset yourself about it that's how it is people are not going to care for what you need or I don't know it was something about Christmas dinner and I was like I can't come to this place I don't drink and no one bothered no one bothered to think about a different venue or to to think about okay she had the guts to say i'm sorry i don't feel comfortable in this space to everyone but Mm. still no one answers so you try you Mm. say things you um but at some point as you said claire it's self-care sometimes you have to think about yourself you have to put your own needs first not that you're being selfish mm. but you're taking care of yourself you're taking care of your mental health and that's something that i really i think that is one of the core messages that really fits into this epilogue yeah that self-care is not selfishness indeed not yeah no i agree um, i also just want to say it's really important to <laughs> this sounds really cliche to like journal or like record or vent um I, I mean obviously like if if you're at work like you, you know you need to be professional you need to do the work but it's really important to just acknowledge that if you suffered a microaggression or attack or whatever it definitely happened don't question it you are in the right you're not in the wrong um and i think it's important to validate that happens and to share that happened because a lot of people in the majority are always like what's the problem i don't see racism i don't see an issue but it's happening on a daily basis exactly and yeah. feeding on to what you've said claire if you 
decide to raise it with someone and it's a hard thing to do especially if you are definitely the minority in that situation mm-hmm. you don't have like another person even if there's two of you you're still the minority but you've still got like an ally um but if you're on your own and you choose to choose to raise that issue if the response you get is are you sure did you hear right <sighs> please do not like second do not even entertain the idea that you could be wrong yeah. because that's what happens and that's how we're conditioned to kind of push it under yeah. the rug. Maybe I misinterpreted yeah. him saying something really offensive <laughs> and clearly racist about no. the colour of my skin or my hair. Like, mm. there's nobody else in the office. And that's the worst thing about it is when, like, we do uh, experience these kind of um, things, it's like... it. I'm the only person of colour here. Who else could it be referring to? I'm a bit confused of how <laughs> yeah. I could have misinterpreted that. And it's like, we shouldn't be- think these things are natural or that they're normal or it happens to everyone. It doesn't happen to every single person. It happens to us as minorities. Mm. And when we report it or things like that and it's not taken seriously it can knock our confidence and we feel like we can't speak up against it but the more we kind of speak up against it it doesn't matter how many times they want to say that it's not we're just saying it's not acceptable and we're not going to accept it and if you're not ready to talk about it just jot it down in like like claire said journal it and make a note of all these things happening because one day when it all comes out it's like you can't say it never happened. I've got the time and the date here. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so. their problem, not yours. I exactly. Like I, keep, I keep telling this to myself. I have to explain it to me. It's like, you're not the problem here. They are not able to recognize mm. what your needs are. So I know in that kind of situation, you always feel like you're the troublemaker and you're, oh, you don't want to ask for too much or you, you just always have been treated like this so that's why it's okay. No, it's not you have rights you have needs mm-hmm. and it's not shouldn't downplay that mm-hmm. you shouldn't always put i'm not saying be selfish and just ignore everyone else's needs that, that's not the point but the point is your needs have been neglected for time being <laughs> um yeah. and you have been adapting to everything around you that was never tailored towards you in the first place yeah so that it's not too much asked to say, this is what I need. This is what's I think just trust yourself. Trust your gut. Yeah. I think we rarely trust our own gut. Yeah. yeah. And just stick with it. That's true. And going back to that kind of old school saying, knowledge is power. Like, if you're working for an organization, read up on their policies, procedures, and all the legislations they have in place. Because there were loads of things designed to kind of protect you as an employee. So when someone's kind of abusing their power or kind of taking advantage of situations in those kind of environments, hit them with the facts because they'll be surprised that you kind of know your stuff and where you stand. And you know what? At the end of the day, like you will be protected to some degree by what they have laid out for their employees and um, you working in that kind of environment. And if they go against it and you can evidence like well you've just said this to me you've made me do this it's not in my job description but this person is getting away with not doing that which is in their job description um and bring all these things up it does take balls to kind of 
to put it on the the platter and be like well kind of answer the questions but then what are they what what's their response going to be and it's kind of you've got to give and then wait to see what happens and then take it from there because then if it does go further and if you are part of a union and you can say well i've done all these Mm -hmm. things in place it's not going to come back on you because you you've read upon it you know where you stand you know your rights mm-hmm. and you've taken action in line with your rights it's when you kind of have an outburst because you've bottled it in for so long mm-hmm. that then oh you've um, you've been aggressive in the workplace oh, yeah, yeah so yeah. sick of hearing and that. then because you are the person of color that is kind of made that outburst everyone around you who doesn't fall into your category is like well well you did we we all kind of saw that you did but then you also saw how i was treated yeah but you reacted that way and it wasn't right everyone's always quick to point the finger instead of kind of patting you on the back and kind of making sure you're okay so kind of if no one else is going to kind of protect you in that environment you need to protect them um your own way and that's kind of using every tool that they've given you to kind of defend yourself i think um to add on to that oh um I think higher education, I mean, I won't, we've only primarily been in higher education, is very insidious because equality and diversity is just lip service. Um, but what's tragic, I think, is for the three of us or any person of color, let's say, ugh, I can't think of a concrete example, let's say we get chastised for something work-related. Sure, I mean, obviously, it might be because we have not done a great job at work. Of course, that happens to everyone. But there's an added layer of, but did they say it because it was racist? Like, that's something that white people just don't have the mental, um, not mental, what am I saying? Um, They don't have to think about it, you know? And I think um, to yeah, Sarah should just saying, let's wrap it up. Um, <laughs> she's bored of listening to our voice already. Hmm? Sarah, she's bored of listening to our voice already. I know, I'm just saying, we, we left I know, we thought... I am just the time monitor, okay? So I well, know, it's, I, uh, we love talking, and we could do this the whole Well, night. actually, before you knock over that, that glass, <laughs> um, we're capped at 40 minutes. But yeah, I think um, our overall message is just to say we're all it is it is tiring because we have this extra layer to worry about that being said um we are in the right it's important to show show ourselves because i think the tendency is like oh no we got called out let's hide but we can't do that and that's why we're continuing with this um so yeah i thought that we could end on a happier note with um what we're excited about for season two um i think Sarah's like have... dying to end this oh my god why are you making me such a bad <laughs> now i'm just thinking i'm just thinking what i'm hoping for season two i think as we started the beginning we've learned a lot yeah so i think we're going to implement all the things that we learned for season two and i think that's going to make it so much more better yeah um, not that the sec- first season is not good, but I think we're going to improve, and yeah, we're going to, and I think we're going to have a lot more voices, and I think that's going to be very exciting because that's going to enrich 
the perspectives and it's just going to create a whole new pack of resources yeah absolutely um, and i think that's going to be amazing yeah and just everybody's rush look how long that was <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was like <laughs> 20 seconds uh, i don't know okay <laughs> i'll go i'll go next so what i'm excited for for season two is um getting stuff recorded actually being more involved with recording stuff and mainly conversations just having the different conversations with people and because our vague um theme is spaces it's kind of like even though we haven't defined exactly what we want to kind of see as a space or what kind of conversations we want in relation to spaces i think that's what's more exciting is thinking what do people interpret as spaces and kind of this whole notion of higher education and race inequality like Mm. how do you apply the two or individually how do you apply that to whatever your space may be so yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. So I actually love the fact that it's vague because that gives possibility. Yeah, it's flexible to fit yeah. in everything. Um, I'm really excited for everything you said. I also just wanted to say that I'm really grateful for our friendship and collaboration. So am I. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yes, should we just end here? Yes, yeah, so yeah. the year is winding down. There is more to come. So season two is space. Season three is heritage. And that's about as far as our thought process went. So stay <laughs> tuned. All right. Bye. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you so, so much for listening to season one and our bonus episode. Uh, we have so much coming up for you, as we mentioned in the conversation. I just wanted to add this on again, just to emphasize how humbling it is to even have a digital space where we have the privilege of telling friends and family that uh, we're trying to create the content for us. It is truly, it feels really uh at the same time amazing and like a lot of work at the same time um but we wish you all a happy holiday happy new year we will see you all in 2020 thanks bye